0: What's up, everybody? This is Billy Ray from the Sons of Saturday. Uh, This is brand new. This is uh, something that came together in the last couple of days. What we are going to do is we are going to kick off a Athlete of the Week podcast. Essentially, the concept here is that we're going to bring on an athlete that had a great performance over the past week. We are going to interview them, and we are going to get a sponsorship for that, and a portion of the proceeds will go to said student-athlete. And for this one we're gonna sponsor it ourselves so if you're interested in sponsoring it go on right ahead but for this one it's on us we're really excited about this there are a lot of student athletes that represent virginia tech well i want to go ahead and do everything i can to help them capitalize on their name image and likeness while also allowing them and giving them a platform to learn more about them uh the person not just the athlete that is on the field that you're cheering for during the games. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. And we're kicking this off with none other than Taiwan Garbutt. He had an unbelievable game against Boston College this past weekend. Um, In what was a extremely, extremely memorable game at Lane Stadium on Saturday night. So uh, really excited about this one. We have Bryce Chalkley, who's been on the podcast a couple of times. He's going to be joining me for this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and shut up and pass it over to Taiwan Garbutt. Uh, this is the first ever edition of the Sons of Saturday Player of the Week. All right, everybody, welcome in. It's Monday, September 12th, 639. As I mentioned, this is the first time that we're doing this. This is the first official Player of the Week podcast. I'm Billy Ray Mitchell from Sons of Saturday. I'm joined by Bryce Chalkley in Charlotte, North Carolina. Bryce, say hello to the people. Let them know who you are. Billy,
1: thanks for the introduction there. As you know, longtime friend of the pod. Um, I've been listening to you guys the whole time. Uh, I am really excited about this one because I don't have to listen to you talk for once. We get to hear from uh, some players themselves. So uh, really excited to be here and really excited to get this, uh, this new concept started. Absolutely.
0: And the concept is, look, I can get on here and I can talk about, you know, how we blocked on Saturday. Pat can get on here and talk about coverages. Grayson can talk about, you know, how well the punter played. But none of y'all care about that. You want to hear from the people that made it happen, and one of the people that made it happen was Taiwan Junkyard Garbutt, who had a 92.6 grade on PFF. He had a tip pass, he had a forced fumble inside the five yard line. He was named the ACC Defensive Player Defensive Lineman of the Week. So, Taiwan, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show.
2: I'm doing good. I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. I love the introduction. I don't know if I've ever been introduced like that in my life. So I just want to say that I'm just excited and I'm blessed. How are you guys?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm here in uh, I'm here in Richmond, Virginia today. It looks like it just started raining outside, and I'm still. I mean, it's Victory Monday. Get on my uh, get on my work calls this morning. Hey, how'd Virginia Tech do? <laughs> well, we we beat the hell out of Boston College. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good.
1: Bryce, how about up? It's it's hard to have a bad Monday after the Hokies win. I'll tell you that. I mean, all my coworkers know I bleed maroon and orange. All of them were telling me that they they picked the Hokies on Saturday. They knew they were going to show up in Lane Stadium for the home opener. And everybody was like, I knew they were going to come out and play strong. So, uh, you know, I I love hearing that stuff. And uh, I'm glad they were able to talk here after after a big W.
0: No doubt. So here's what we're gonna do. We're we're kind of making up the segments as we go. So the first one that we have is based upon the quotes. So uh, Bryce, get us kicked off with the quotes segment of the podcast here.
1: Yeah, when we were getting this started, I was was kind of scrolling Twitter and just getting a feel for uh, who we were gonna bring on this week, and I I knew right away. But um, one thing that kind of stuck out to me. So. After week one, you know, not the start we wanted to the season. You know, we go down to Old Dominion. You know, it was a tough loss. You know, it was a home opener. You know, not, not how we pictured it, but that's okay. We, you know, we got to move on, right? It's next week. Um, after the game, I think you were quoted that you played like a hungry dog that hadn't eaten in three days. <laughs> so my question is, you know, as you're preparing for that week, a long week because we played on Friday in week one, you know, what was the energy like? Prior to, to game two and the home opener, and how was the team staying upbeat during that time?
2: So I get the quote from just having a dog mentality, and that's why I wear this around my neck every day. It's something that my position coach gave me, and a few other the players that I play alongside with on the defensive line as an AKA the yard dogs, and I just going out there and losing to the in-state me being from Virginia, losing to an in-state school that you know usually you know, they dream to come play where I'm playing and just knowing that, like what that meant and what that meant around the Commonwealth. I felt just the whole last week, I just made it like mentally in my mind that I wasn't going to accept anything less. Like we were going to kick out the home. We were going to kick out Coach Price first home game with a win. We were just going to kick out the home opener with a win. And I knew I had a chance to impact that. And I knew I had the ability to help impact that. So that really was my mindset. So everything I did just on that week of practice, just preparing for it, just mentally envisioning and the whole game, I just felt like, oh, I'm just gonna be fast. I'm gonna be furious. I'm gonna be like a dog that, 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 that hasn't eaten in three days. <laughs> yeah.
1: well, well, I loved it. So you were showing us the dog tag when we were getting started here and you mentioned the yard dogs and you mentioned that your position coach uh, gave you those tags. Is that just for the defensive line? Is that something you have to to earn, or does, does everyone have one?
2: Oh, no, that is just for the defensive line, and it, it's something that everyone has to earn. Like, those guys that just got on campus, you know, a few months ago, they don't have theirs yet, and it's because, you know, you, he has to see what type of dog are you. Are you a yard dog or are you a house dog? That's that's one of his <laughs> main sayings. He said I because uh, – you know he's he's small portion. He keeps food in the bowl. He he need AC. He he can't be in the heat. Yeah, a, yard, a yard dog. He he sits out there outside all day, chained up to the fence, waiting for the mailman to come to come drop the mail off to try to try to bite at his ankle to try to you know get any scrap that he wants. He dro- you throw him a chicken bone from dinner and he's going to devour it like he's never eaten. So. It's more of like like a mentality, mindset thing that I think Coach JC's done a good job with guys like you know me that he knows I take tradition really serious. Just having coming from my uh, learning from the last regime under Coach Legend, the legendary Coach Foster.
0: So Taiwan, I want to ask you. You mentioned uh, in practice what the intensity was like all week. Can you talk a little bit about how it how much it meant to you running out to Lane Stadium, being it, it was announced as a sellout. The weather was crappy all day. Um, the, the, the ticketing system was down. I'm sure you guys didn't know about that, but the ticketing system was a huge problem on game day. Um, what did it mean to you to run out to a stadium after, um, which I'm sure was a disappointing loss for you all. And was a disappointing loss for Virginia, Te- uh, Virginia tech fans to still have everybody show up, show out and be loud for four quarters.
2: I'm not gonna lie, it, it wasn't less than anything I expected. I expected, you know, Hokie Nation to show out and rock out regardless of our record, regardless of the weather, regardless of I guess the ticketing system. <laughs> but I I wanted to be one of the last ones to run out of the stadium kinda knew this is my last first home game in Lane Stadium. So I kinda let everybody, you know, kinda go in front of me. And I'm like walking there, eyes closed, like just walking gingerly, walking slowly. I'm just First, I'm do, first thing I'm doing, I'm praying. I'm just happy because, like, I start to feel, you know, everything. I mean, I hear you guys. And, you know, as we're walking, you guys are going crazy. Every time, every single time, like, doing, doing like, just going crazy. So I'm just walking. And then I'm hearing us getting hype in the tunnel. You know, guys giving the chance. And I'm over here chanting, but I'm just, I have my eyes down. And then once I hear the music, I hear you guys jumping on top of us. I going to open my eyes and I said, oh, I'm ready to play, baby. I said, ain't nothing like, I'm used to this feeling. But at that night, in that moment, I felt like it was just like a out of body experience. Like, and I've done it so many times. It's just every time it feels like, ooh, like this is that little chill that I needed that it's going to have me, you know, it's going to put me over the top. I'm not going to think about anything. I'm just going to. Just go like that.
1: That's awesome. I, I definitely, us, us casual fans are, are always curious about that. I mean, it's your redshirt senior year. You know, you've done this time and time again. And, and to hear that it, it doesn't get old. And, and as, as you mature on the team, it, it probably means even more. I mean, you're talking about walking slow and really trying to take it in because you know how much this means to you. So we'll move into the game portion. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, first drive or first throw, uh, Phil uh, Djokovic actually throws an interception. We were watching that play. Uh, you were actually pretty close to him getting some pressure. I'm not sure if that influenced the the throw there, but obviously, Armani Chapman intercepts it, almost takes it to the house. I mean, right out of the gate, it's you know, this is a different energy around this football game. What, what was it like in the in the in the first uh, in the first half where? You know, Boston College really struggled to move the football, and y'all seem to have their number on every single drive.
2: Honestly, it felt like you know, encouraging. What I mean by that is, this is what we really worked from—from Coach Fry Gidner, from him installing the defense, from us having to learn new scheme, and him putting us in the best position. We felt like just going out there and seeing that going against a like um, like a future. NFL prospect as a quarterback and just seeing him, we we were kind of confusing him, playing with his eyes, playing with his reads, and it was successfully working. Like, he, I felt like that was just encouraging just as, you know, me being here and just seeing how everybody, not just me, but the guys behind me and the guys behind them, just everyone was playing like, you know, a 100 level. And what that means is they were just playing from the ground up. Like, they just knew, like, what to do. They knew what they were coached on, what they've been taught, what we've been taught for these last nine months. And it's that we didn't even think about it. Everything we did was just 100 mile an hour. And just with, like, I even told um, Armani, I told him, and we call him Black, so I, I was about to call him Black. I even told Armani that when he caught the pick, I said, you just started all this, just know that. Like, know, like, we're, after that play, like, I feel like in our minds it was like, okay, now we just have to, we got them reeling back. Now we just have to go for, you know, a kill shot. And even if they keep trying to get up, just keep going for a kill shot. And that was kind of our mindset. Like, you know, there's ebbs and flows of the game, you know, ups and downs. Like, they're going to get some plays. Like, they have players. We have players. You know how it goes. It's just, are we going to consistently buy in, consistently do what we've been taught? And is everybody going to do their one eleventh. And we I mean by that is do your job. Like, obviously, try to do more than your job, but don't try to do your job and somebody else's job, you know? Like, do your job. Moving on
0: from that, what was different about Saturday's game with Coach Pry and company? Um, I know that you played for under the previous regime for a while. You had Coach Foster. You had Coach Hamilton. Can you kind of walk us through his game, his game routine and his kind of coaching style here?
2: With him, he, he's – He's just like how he—he's kind of broadcasted. Like he's really relaxed. Like he's really intense, but he's really elect, relaxed. He gets fired up. You can tell as it gets closer, and he gets really intense as it gets closer. But the whole time, even when he told me um, Friday night in the hotel, he was like, "Just trust your ability." He's like, "I believe in you," and then, you know, just stuff like that gives a player like you know what? I he coaches right. I need to just go out there. I need to go do that. And with him, that's why I say I feel like with him, it's more of a, it's more of a calming, relaxing thing to where he, yeah, we need to like, obviously focus up when it's time to focus up, but when it's time to have fun, he's all down We're having fun. And that doesn't, you know, that doesn't necessarily go to mean you're an undisciplined football team. It's just, he's kind of more of a, I like to say it's a be your man, man rule, which means like, okay, you know what you should do, and you know what you're supposed to do, and you know what you can't do. So if you get caught doing something you can't do, what what do you expect me to do? Like, he's it's kind of a zero-tolerance thing also. But at the same time, what you guys see, like what the accounts show you guys from his personality, he's exactly like that. And then game day is kind of like a little switch. It's like he's intense, he's fiery, you know, he looks like – one of the best defensive coordinators in the last 10, 15 years, which is what he's been. So I, I really like how just his mindset, just how he can, he can understand how important it is and how important it is for us to like go out there and play together and do everything hard. But also he can understand that he doesn't want anything to ever get monotonous. And like, it feels like Oh, we're just doing like the same. Like he always tries to change it up because that's how you know, that's how you keep it fun. That's how you keep everyone interested. That's how you remind everyone why they've been doing this, why they even did it in the first place. Like just the love he keep he And you can just feel his love, like just in everything he does. Like everything he does is just so genuine. He does it from like his heart. He's real. He's a real dude. I'll give it to him.
1: As you mentioned, you know, at the beginning, you, you said that Armani Chapman kind of started this after the pick and, Obviously, y'all play with a lot of confidence throughout the game. Throughout the game, when we're in the second half, you know, it kind of seemed like the front seven was just relentless. Y'all had so much momentum. You were coming after the quarterback or stopping the run run game on every single play. What's it like to have a performance like that with with your guys? I mean, obviously, you're a Redshirt senior. You've played a lot of football with Mario Kendricks and Norrell Pollard. To be able to have a performance with guys I, that you spend so much time with, what does that mean to you? I, I,
2: it's really, like, important because with us and us being really a smaller D-line, like, it's like when you see us, you probably be like, oh, like, these guys, oh, de- they'll definitely get manhandled. But, like I said, installing installing the yard dog mentality, it makes it seem like you, if you get blocked, you know you lost the rep because that's, you know, offensive linemen, like, all they try to do is really get in your way, let the red man pick a hole. You know, like, that's really their job. Their job is really to lose late. So just just playing relentless, like you said, just playing with the motor and like the fearlessness and no regard for just giving yourself up, giving up your body to get you. If it's somebody coming to kick you, a guard coming to get you, kick you out, you're getting underneath that block to spill it to the open back or just all that. Just I feel like we handled all that at the fir- at the first level. And that's what really kind of, you know, it had guys just striping over. We have good linebackers. We have one of the best. So it's just like it has him being able to see things and get it because he knows, oh, Ty has that, bro has that, you know, like all that. And then once he sees that, I know I have to be there. And he, he gets there, the ball's there, and he's there. And that's the thing. It's us trusting that we just need to stay in our gap, shed our block in our gap, And try to make a play in our gap and knowing that the guys behind us, they're going to go fill their gaps and they're going to go make the play once the play gets to them.
0: So, Ty, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that I noticed in week one. And one of the things that I that I said was like, hey, this is what we really need to fix is there's no way that a football team is going to be able to operate if everybody doesn't know what they're supposed to do on every single play. And in week one, a lot of the times on offense and defense, people look like they were second guessing where they were lining up. Um, And I think that that played a part. So this past week in practice, um, what do you think led to going into this game against Boston College where everybody was really – you keep harping on how much they trusted their technique, trusted their teammate, trusted and knew where they were to line up. Was that a big focus in practice last week?
2: Well, yeah, just the little things. And that's kind of a focus in practice every week, and it'll be a focus in practice this week. Like with us, it was more on just not trying to – like beat ourselves because like we said we we clean up the technical errors we clean up like all preventable penalties we clean up things we can control like and protect the ball like we know we we really probably are sitting here 2-0 but that's the thing it's it, all it takes is you know one technical error that can change a whole game and it's like with us we've all been trying to get better at something Maybe if it's not something different, like if it's a consistent issue every day, just chipping at it. And that's really the mindset, not just on our side of the ball, but just as a team. Like, you know, we go in there and after after the games and we talk about it and we like we talk about what we need to fix. Even even um, on Sunday, yesterday, we talked about all the corrections, too, because there's still areas to improve. There's always areas to improve. It'll never be perfect. And I felt I felt just. Watching everyone's mindset, even when there were technical errors, it was the finish, just the fight, the relentless effort, just the good on good iron sharp and iron competition all week between us and the O-line, linebackers, running backs, receivers, and DBs. And it's like when you when you guys are – when we're playing with that mindset, which we always will, it's just, you know, we just have to continue to lock in, focus, and clean up technical errors. We're going to be really we're going to be a really hard team to really deal with, especially like I said, I really talk on my side of the ball. Like when everyone's like, oh, this is what I have to do and that's what I had to go do. And if the play shows up, the play shows up. And if not, well, I'm going to try to strain my, my butt off to go make the play if it's even on the other side we're going to be a really scary team to deal with because a lot of people sleep in, and we like, that's the thing we hear. That and we like that. We, we know what we were ranked preseason. We know what people still expect us to finish. So as long as we keep chipping, we keep working at it. Like we know we control most of the time, like where we're going to go.
0: So I'm glad you brought that up. And this isn't a question cause I don't want to get you in trouble here, but I would say like after the old Dominion game, a lot of people were like, ah, you know, this team's just just not talented. And I was saying, no, this team, this team is talented enough to beat Old Dominion. This team is talented enough to have a special season. It just comes down to them being coached up to doing the right thing and them trusting each other. And that was on ultimate display on a fantastic pedestal uh, in Lane Stadium. And I got to tell you, I walked out of that stadium. My arm was wrapped around Pat and my buddy Ed Williams. And we were both saying, like, that's one of the most fun I've ever had in lane stadium in the last couple of years acc opponent comes in you beat the hell out of them it's raining it's at night um so that was special and, and uh you know i'm glad i'm glad to glad to hear that you
1: guys are thinking about it in the same manner you know bill you, you make a great point there um i think people forget how hard it, it is to to win football games especially on the road i i know on paper um against old dominion we we've we certainly look like the Superior opponent, but it's it's still hard to to win football games. There's so much that goes into it, and Brent Pry highlighted that um, in his post game on the field, talking about how hard it was to work and how how many people were involved in that win, and how he was so proud of um, his his staff, his his players, the fans, you know you know everything. But uh, what I kind of wanted to know was curious about is you know the game ends, we go to the locker room, you know you're kind of waiting there for the pregame speech. We saw that Dax gave Coach Pry the game ball for his first win. I mean, that had to be a cool moment to be a part of something so special for him to get his first win as a head coach. Talk about some of the emotion that was in there or what you were feeling and the joy you had for your coach.
2: Oh, we're definitely overjoyed. I think, you know, and that's the thing with guys like me, Dax, and probably a few others, like we've known Pry since we were, you know, like – Sophomores in high school, like probably offered me in Penn State before. I was a junior in at, um, in Riverbend High School in Northern Virginia, or whatever. And just just watching him, just honestly, him being with me, like oh, this is a little this is a little story I'll tell. And then I'll get back to your question. It's like Coach Foster was out there not too long ago. He was out of practice, and I, I, he's been recruit he recruited me since I was 13, 14 years old too. So I when I was talking to him and. I was like, you know, it's crazy. And he was like, what? I said, other than you, I said, the, the people I've known, and other than Jason Brown, that's what I said, other than Jason Brown and Ben Skinner, I said, the two the people I've known the longest right here in this facility is you, Coach Price, and Coach Pryor. I said, that's crazy because it's like the world just really – well, to me, I always see it as because I'm big on my faith. I see it as like it's, it's funny how God like works because I went from – these are like some of the first coaches that even showed me interest and I went to me, which I felt and I still feel is the best decision because I wanted to be at tech over than going to Penn State or even with Marshall at the time with Coach Price. And I was like and I and Bud showed me interest before both of them. So like to me, like and being the person I am, like I've always saw it as I'm gonna always do what I wanna do. And I've always felt tech was gonna be me regardless. Like I was probably gonna end up there anyway. Um it's like I told him, I said, it's crazy how, like, it just did a full, like, three 360, like, 180. Like, I, I close my eyes, I wake up, and I, I get a notification, Brent been hired as your head coach. But before, like, even before that, like, six, nine months before that, I wake up, J.C. Hire, is hired as your defensive line coach. He's going to coach the defensive ends like my exact position. And it was like, man, all these coaches have known us for a while. So just – just seeing him and like that's the thing. I just knowing him and knowing him from then. Just knowing him now, there's nothing that's changed about him. And like these new these, I wouldn't say these new guys, but these guys that he's known for only nine months. Just the guys that just now are getting to know him. They're starting to see like, hey man, like this man really like genuinely like loves us. Like he cares for us. Not only does he love this place, not only does he like you know want to be as big as he can be here. And be the best coach. To try to you know. Achieve some great things here. He just loves like Virginia Tech. He loves this football team and he loves like being the head coach of this football team. And just when that, because I heard Dax so before he was going to give him the game, but I heard him say something. He's like, Yeah, let me keep that. I'm going to give it to Coach Pry." And like when he said that, I was like, I think in my head, I said, This boy Dax always has a good ideas, man. I'm like, <laughs> Like, what that I do? Like, but it was like such a good idea. I was like, oh yeah, I can't wait. I got to videotape it. So I got like a little personal video myself. But it was a special moment because he was complete. Like he didn't believe that that was going to happen. So there, y'all saw his his reaction. All that was genuine. Like that's the thing. He didn't know he would get it. Like he didn't know none of that. And. I feel like as a team, just seeing that a coach is like that excited just to even get a game ball, you know, like he probably has tons of them. But to get his, like you said, his first one as a head coach, which will make it probably the most special one he has. It's just like it was a surreal moment. I was just glad to see him just sit there and get emotional and happy about it.
0: Ty, I, you've had such a unique career and. You missed half the season during COVID uh, due to some family issues and everything else, and and not a lot of people really think of they don't think of Taiwan Garbutt the person, they think of Taiwan Garbutt the athlete. A lot of people are uh, that's just kind of the way you think about it, the relationship that you have with the athlete, especially in football where you got a helmet on and they don't see your face, they don't know what you go through. Uh, I just wanted to ask you how much it meant to you to get back out there on the field to win that game, how much Virginia Tech has meant to you, because I know that you love Virginia Tech. Um, And I know that you love this program and uh, it's great to see you having great success. So just kind of walk me through the last four or five years that you've been at Tech and how much it means to you to uh, to have the teammates that you have and the support that you have at Tech.
2: I mean, it's honestly like I tell everybody, like, you know, a lot of people question, especially when they. Like, get into it, and you have to register, and you have things that happen. Like, they're like, Oh man, this is man, I don't know. Maybe I chose the wrong school. And that never, ever, ever really crossed my mind. Like, it crossed my mind about choosing the school. Like I was like, Oh, I know I chose the right school. It's just, I've always thought, I was like, Dang. Because when I first got here, you know, I had some really good players in front of me, I was in Haushawn and Trayvon. They were really good at what they did, and they complimented each other really well. But I was always in my head, I was like, man, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to stay there, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, and I'm going to make my way from that depth chart to go add some depth behind them boys. Like, that was my plan. My plan was once I could, because I knew they were a little bit older and they would have to eventually be going. and it'd be a time like this where it's like I'm almost in their their position. Now I got to pull a Cole Nelson, I got to pull a CJ McCray. So I say, honestly, throughout my time, it's been a lot of, ups and there's been a lot of downs but I can't say that I trade any of these moments because just being here I've learned so much not only about myself I learned so much just about like just how it is to like you know just become a better person for like other people if that makes sense and because the people here like most, most likely and most of the time they're really so genuine they're sweet like they don't even care if you play football or not, most of the time they do things out of the kindness of their heart. I feel like I'm in the spot to where it's like perfect because being here this long and being here as long, like being in a spot like this, if I was with the personality that I have, who's such a good, like I wouldn't say a good, I'm not going to toot my horn, but it's such an open, broad personality to where I'll talk to anyone. Like I have all different types of friends to where it's like, they're all different from different, dynamics and different backgrounds to where it's like, who knows? I could have been somewhere else and it could have got really bad for me because I could have found myself with some people with not as pure intentions as usually what I try to proceed with things. And I felt like it was just a match made in heaven. Like other than obviously a couple of tough years, um, like the like the COVID year, which was, if you want to be honest, I wasn't here for most of the year, So it could have been like, you know, another, not another example of why I do like Blacksburg so much because like when I'm here, it's not that I can like shut off my reality, but in a way, it's like I'm focused on two things, like becoming the best way I can be and just getting my degree. And obviously I have that now, but that was like always like the thing. And then twenty twenty kind of opened me back up to the real world. You know, football was gone. Like there was no mandatory anything. There was no requirements on anything. So it was like dang, this is like how my family's living. This is how like life is like back at home compared to like, you know, I was away for it for about two, two years. So I say Virginia Tech has really changed my life. And, And that's all in a good way. Like it changed just how my life will, like the trajectory of my life and the trajectory of my, my family's life, me being a first, a first generation graduate and, it's just everything that has to come with it, like being able to be an alum of such an important school that, you know, the alum really love the school and take everything about the school is so serious. Like my co- my position coach to me is one of the best examples of like what it means to be a Hokie. Like I know if you cut him open, he bleeds orange and maroon. So I, I appreciate I appreciate just everything this school has given me, honestly.
0: So let's have some fun. This is uh this is rapid fire. I've been excited to do this with you because every player that we've interviewed has said you're the funniest, uh you're the funniest <laughs> team. So um so you got something to live up to here. So the first question I have is if you could have dinner with anybody, anybody in the world, dead or alive, and you got to go somewhere in Blacksburg, where are you going to eat? And who the who the who's coming to dinner with you? We'll give you four or five extra uh extra seats at the table.
2: Four or five extra seats at the table. All right, uh... First off, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, for sure, Lee, Micah Parsons has to come. Only reason, only reason why Micah has to come, because I'm a big Dallas fan. So it's like, and you know, that's not as unrealistic with my head coach being who he is. But it's also like, I'm more of like, I want to envy you and be better than you. But if I had a chance to talk to him, I would talk to him and just ask him like, you know, just his story and how how he came up. So that would be, like, one of my athletes. But we had to go classic athletes. I definitely had to bring up Muhammad Ali just because he just always seemed to be talking. So I would have to pick his brain just to be like, hey, bro, like, do you ever shut up? But nah, just because he's one. He's one of the. He's, one of the great, he's he's one of the greats, and I love to just know like what gave him his confidence to go out there and just you know talk like how he was going to beat a man and then actually do it. Like that's impressive to me, especially because it's it's hand to hand combat. Like that's that's really more control. There is really no referee other than making sure it's clean. So I'd have to bring him, Uh had to bring my boy Kobe Bean Brian, especially since he said dead or alive. I just, I've been watching him since I was you know, ye high, like literally like as tall as this, like four, six yeah. and just everything he's done. And to me, yeah, he's not the greatest ever. If I had to be not non-biased, but just what he's had to work with post Shaq, what he had to do even before, like he even became that player. He was with Shaq. I would just pick his brands and be like, how did you like change your mentality and like, how to like do things like that to like become, you know, just who you are and who you were. Cause to me, it's, it's insane to only need three to five hours of sleep a day. Like you, you need to, you need to explain and to also be playing into your mid, like your late thirties, really almost 40 and still drop 60 in your last game. Like, and you did all this with only three hours of sleep for like what, 20, 30 years. Like, some you have to be a robot, a mutant alien. I have to, I got to just pick his brain for sure. Um, let's go to music. Uh, I'm really, ooh, I watched Rocket Man this summer. I watched Rocket Man this summer. So, so Elton probably can come. and I'll just be like Elton, like, yeah, okay. yeah, I'll be like, <laughs> I'd be like Elton. So when with just back in the day, and you just being as big as you were, like, how was the scrutiny? Because you know, like, that's the thing. Those are questions, like people really ask, like people really don't ask them. They just ask them like in different ways, but I'd be like, how was it like really dealing with all of that? Like, like, you know, a lot of people not accepting you, but you still being the talented person probably on what you do, but it's like certain people just kind of, kind of taking the music you and the real you and separating it other than realizing that everyone like, no one's the same so it's like just accepting that oh would you Elton does what he does as long as he gives me a uh, yellow bra yeah yeah uh-huh. <laughs> wow.
3: okay.
2: But look, if I had it on the la- on the last chair last chair uh so we go another music one but let's go like it'll probably be well I'll try I'll, I'll just bring him up it'll probably be michael and when I mean Michael, not not Jackson, not Jordan, but Tyson, I gotta understand how. I gotta understand how you can just bite a man's ear, <laughs> like I, I, I like that's 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 the desperation I need to know what I need to know in my life to where if I get to the point that me being a yard dog, if if I feel like I can't. I can't lose. I can't go out that I need to bite a man's ear. Like, I just need to know. I just wanted to know Did he think he was going to lose. Did he think he was going to get actually knocked out? You know, Mike Tyson barely lost and he rarely got knocked out. So it's like, like, I just need to just pick all those guys brains at like certain moments. I feel like that's, that's really why my, and you see how it's very like different. Like it's different. It's not like, Oh, it's all NBA players. No, it's, I want to see all interesting guys with someone like me who would sit here and, like, just cause a conversation. They'll have them guys talking for hours.
0: Wow. I didn't have any of those. I, I didn't expect any any of those. I, I almost want to give you I, – I, Bryce, should we give him two more seats? I kind of want to <laughs> give him two more seats. Tell,
1: tell I, I, <laughs> I got to hear who the other people would be. I mean, he's already got a full table, but I love that he said, I'm bringing Michael, and it's Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anyone call him Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah. Give me give me two more Taiwan. We'll give you two more.
2: All right. Well, I was big WWE growing up, so I <laughs> I might have to bring Stone Cold Steve Austin. I just need to know like how how I got to know if it was real beer or not. Like I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't real beer, but this man, and who and who was throwing it? Like and, was, and whoever was throwing it why could they not come help the Jets twenty years ago? Because they, they've been needing a quarterback for decades. But 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 it's, just, it's just, I, I I love just the hell yeah and, the, and this, this is this is one of my favorite gestures. <laughs> one of my favorite gestures. I'm not Let's gonna lie, he has one. to come. Save
0: that one for the zooms, and we don't need any. We don't need any 15 yard penalties. We were very impressed by the only five penalties for 15 yards this past weekend. So we got to. I got
1: mm-hmm. I, just a quick tangent. Are, are these questions keeping you up at night?
2: <laughs> no, that's They're the so thing. specific. <laughs> no, that's the thing. With me, you can't really ask a question because I'll give you your answer. I'll give you another answer, and then I'll probably end up asking a question, but it sounds like a statement. So I'll, I I can answer questions all day. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
0: You got one more seat, Taiwan. All
2: right. Well, now I'm gonna go. I might have to go a little bit off the grid here. And, oh
0: now I mean, oh now you're going oh. off the grid? Okay.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I meant as in like it doesn't have to be anybody doing something active, like they okay. can well. It might really be M- Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I, I laugh at him every single time I see him in a movie. Just about unless it's really serious, like Mark Wahlberg to me, like I I just want to know how he keeps his face straight on some of the things he's said in a lot of his movies. Like how is he able to keep a straight face? And and I, I could have chose a lot of different comedians. Like a lot of them are really good. Like I grew up really watching Jim. As in Jim Carrey, but (laughs) I'm not. I want to know what Mark Wahlberg, like, how does he do it? To me, when I'm when I try to be funny, I still it's a hard time because I'm laughing the whole time trying to get it out. But with them guys, it's maybe it does take them a few little takes or tries. But some of the things they say, I just watched a movie with him not too long ago with him and Kevin Hart, and they're like best friends like reuniting or something. And me time, the scene was hilarious. Like not a single scene. And the movie wasn't hilarious, so it's like I'm like those guys are just stupid. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite television show, Taiwan? Oh, see, I'm not I'm not really into the television shows right now, but I was big into Ozark. I was big into The Office. I was big into. See, it all depends with me. I can watch anything. Like I, How to Get Away with Murder. I can watch just about anything so I'm all over the place like I was watching Breaking Bad like seven years ago hard like I I I love like almost any show that has to do with any suspense to me so let's just say that if it's suspenseful Ty will watch it because if when it's when it's like eh, it like it's hard to continue to watch it for multiple seasons compared to when it's suspenseful even if it's a little bit you know, like that would probably never happen. It's just like, wow, how are they gonna get out of it? And you know somehow they'll get out of it. Or if not, like the show's just about over. So it's like just always being in a show that's gonna make me at the by the end of the episode be like, oh, I gotta watch the next one, you know, to find out what happens.
0: What about your favorite activity outside of football?
2: Oh, that's definitely NBA 2K, I have okay. to say, because I I try to I try to stay, you know, especially being an older guy, I try to just stay more in the house more, just, just chill out. So I'd say, only reason why I really love NBA Two K is because I can't play a lick of basketball. So it's like when I get on my Two K, I feel like I'm LeBron. LeBron can't stop me. No one can stop me. So it's like, oh, okay, this is my game. And then, and then the post game interviews, it's always a cocky answer because I'm like, well, I'm the best player in the world. I average forty points, so I might as well talk like the best player in the world that averages forty points. A game. <laughs> so.
0: So you're my player on uh, on Two K. His cocky rating is on like a 12.
1: <laughs> 99.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say that. I'd say see the real Taiwan, he's he's a little bit humble. He's, he's more humble towards the humble side than the cocky side, but 2K Taiwan cocky side all the way. Like there's no <laughs> it's 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 either less cocky or really cocky, like there's no no Got in you. between of it. No in between.
0: <laughs> um if you had to I, I'm I'm interested to see where you go with this. If if there was a soundtrack to your life, Taiwan, a song. That would that would play that represents your life. What song would that be?
2: Ooh, ooh, I kinda like that. Thank you. I think like, that's song. a good question because I wasn't even able to answer it within like the first 10 seconds. I always try to do that. It got me thinking. <laughs> I just heard sicko mode and Wayne Stadium this Saturday, and that would be a great one. You know why? Because it's like it's like so slow and common, you know. You're a kid, you know. You're innocent to the world. You don't know too much. You just go off of what you know at the moment, and then it's like you hit teenage, you hit preteen, because middle school is hilarious for me. You hit preteen, the teenagers, and it's like the doom, 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 doom. And then towards the end, when Travis starts rapping, I'd say that's kind of where I'm at <laughs> when Travis starts rapping. What what was Taiwan Garbutt like in middle school?
0: What was so funny about middle school?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't talk about that guy. My my middle school, my middle school, my middle school principal's probably seen me today, and they're like, "Wow, like Coming they're probably proud." They're pro- I said, they probably, yeah, they're probably proud. They're probably like, "Wow." I was a handful because you know how that age is. You're eleven, 12, 13. thirteen. You're just hitting puberty. Like it's mm. it's get it's crazy. Taiwan, got I always had kind of this since I was like eleven.
0: You had a beard when you were eleven?
2: Yeah. No, no, this mustache, this little mustache. <laughs> but it was like it was. Yeah, mustache. So I always when you had eleven years old. Yeah, it was like little little hairs right here, like kind of. Not all this down up here, but like up to like right here it was like little thin hairs. I always had so everyone used to look at me and used to say, oh this boy got held back three years so we used to just cook and, <laughs> and make fun of each other all day to the point that the teacher would try talking and if somebody got me really good, I'm like, okay, watch but went to the next silent pause ooh. So your mama smell like, and then, just, and then I get thrown, I get thrown out it, of so. it, it was Middle school, Taiwan. I, I, hey, I like that spot because that's where I kind of had to choose if I was going to be serious about football or not. You know, so I, I always think about that a lot because I could have really ended up turning just being a little class clown, joke, jokester, into like you know never taking anything serious. Hmm.
0: Wow. Well, Taiwan, it's 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 been a ton of fun. I, I guess my last question here for you on rapid fire is: uh, When Taiwan Garbutt is done playing football, whenever that whenever that may be, whenever that time comes, what is Taiwan Garbutt going to do? What it, what it what are you going to do when the ball stops bouncing?
2: I think I'll end up being a sports analyst because I'm better than ninety eight of them on TV right now. I'm really good with my opinions, and I'm I'm unbiased unless. No, I'm unbiased now because both my teams aren't good right now. Which Right. Is like, the Cowboys yeah. are bad and the Lakers are bad. Yeah, so I, I don't really – so I feel like I can see myself, even if it starts small like a little podcast, you know, I can see myself eventually maybe being there talking about – I wouldn't say having my own show, but maybe even co-hosting something and, like, being on, like, ESPN3 or something just with my own little, little shindig. You know, I'll have just – Teammates I've met and all the teammates I play with have them come up and we can talk about you know the exclusive stories that you know you really don't hear. So that's kind of like a big little dream slash goal I have. Well, Taiwan, you're welcome to
0: start a podcast right here on Sunday Saturday whenever the uh, whenever the ball stops, dr- dr- uh, whenever whenever ball is over, we'll get your your own podcast. it'll be, it'll be a ta- uh, talking with Taiwan, uh, campfire <laughs> talks with Taiwan, whatever you want to call it. And I'll leave you with this: Do you have a hot take on any professional sports going on right now, or a hot take about the Virginia Tech Hokies for the rest of this football season. Take this as your resume. This is your this is your little like tester. Somebody's saying this Taiwan Garba guy he just applied to work at ESPN or Fox Sports One. Does he have any hot takes that uh, from the past that we can look up? So
2: here here's your chance. Well, Kirk Cousins will win the MVP. Kirk Cousins will win wow. the MVP this year. <laughs> Kirk Cousins will win the MVP this year. And I I told everyone that they would beat Green Bay. And that's because Aaron Rodgers took all the money. So, you know, they'll, they'll, he's him. So he'll end up getting it over the hump, but they're not with these young guys. Like they're not, I think the Vikings this year makes a big jump with all the talent. The defense has been stout, just hasn't been healthy. The, the, the receiver in court, he has kind of two number ones. Yeah, one's a little bit older, but one's a top three receiver in the league. I'll argue with anyone. One's a top three receiver in the league. And with, with just uh, the two-headed monster really having a top five running back in Dalvin, I think it's up to Kirk Cousins to say, you know what? If I'm going to win, I'm going to win now. Because there's not going to be that much of a window left for him. And I think he'll play his best career ball probably this season. And I think it has... Him dark horse for MVP, and you know the popular decision will probably be Josh Allen, but I think when we see Kirk Cousins it's week 14, week 15 playing all of his what I said, Kirk Cousins for MVP.
0: Kirk Cousins for MVP, Dinner, oh, with, me. Elton. <laughs> Dinner with Elton John and uh wow, Taiwan Garbett. You did not disappoint in the first podcast for Athlete of the Week. We appreciate you coming on. Um, This is your time. Uh, We'll end every podcast with guests with a time for them to do uh, Sharky's shout-outs. So where can people follow you, and who would you like to shout-out before we end the podcast?
2: All right. Well, always shout-out my friends, my family, my teammates, for sure. Uh, Follow me at Taiwan, I think, on Twitter, and I think – on Instagram is t underscore garbage. I'm not good with the social media, it's something like that. And oh, shout out to them, the buffalo ranch rings at Sharky's. I'm telling you, man, I, I can go get me a bucket right now. That's my go to right there. And <laughs> I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to do this. And it was fun and it was a pleasure.
0: We'll do it again soon, Taiwan. Best of luck the rest of the season. And we will talk soon, my friend.
2: Right, Any time go hokies in the
3: sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand by the saw you dance like you want to in my head love she said it